my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, Naaman, army commander to the king of Aram, was a man who enjoyed his master's respect and favor, since through him Yahweh had granted victory to the Arameans. <coughs> Every year the church places before us the story of Naaman the Syrian in the Book of Kings. Small little story, but yet full of significance. But we're told the man suffered from a virulent skin disease now, when one of their raids into Israelite territory, the Arameans carried off a little girl who became a servant of Naaman's wife. So in the story, this little girl is going to become the, the main protagonist or the main actor. She's going to come out with a, a little suggestion that's going to change many things. She said to her mistress, if only my master would approach the prophet of Samaria he would cure him of his skin disease. Well, we can imagine that if he had this virulent skin disease, the one thing he would have been really interested in and looking for was some sort of a cure. And so this little girl comes up with this suggestion. So Naaman went in and told his master this and this. He reported, is what the girl from Israel has said. Go by all means, said the king of Aram. I shall send a letter to the king of Israel so Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten festal robes. So Naaman gets permission from his boss, the king of Aram, and not only <clears throat> gets permission, but the king is willing to send a highest level communication to the king of Israel, and he takes with him this great amount of treasure to be able to pay for this great favor that he's going to receive. He presented the letter to the king of Israel, it read, with this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you for you to cure him of his skin disease. But then the letter produces the opposite reaction to what it was supposed to. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I a God to give death and life, he said, for him to send a man to me and ask me to cure him of his skin disease. Listen to this and take note of it and see how he intends to pick a quarrel with me. So the king didn't understand the letter. There was contradictions, misunderstandings, miscommunications. But then there's a prophet there called Elisha. And when Elisha heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent word to the king, why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, and he will find there is a prophet in Israel. And so now here's the solution. So Naaman came with his team and chariots and drew up at the door of Elisha's house. So a dramatic moment in the whole story. He's finally found the person who's able to cure him of his disease. He got through the difficulties, the miscommunications, and he's waiting for well, this great event that's going to take place. And Elisha sent him a messenger to say, go and bathe seven times in the Jordan, 
and your flesh would become clean once more. Well, big uh, anticlimax. Alicia didn't even come out to him. <coughs> didn't even look at him. Let alone bless him or anything else. He just sends him a messenger. So it's a rather backhand way of giving him a message. It doesn't give him much importance. Seems to suggest that maybe nothing is going to happen. And with this way that he was treated then, Naaman was not happy. Naaman was indignant and went off saying, here was I, thinking that he would be sure to come out to me and stand there and call on the name of Yahweh his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure the part that was diseased. <coughs> so Naaman was expecting something grandiose, something great, something very dramatic. Sort of pure magical spell and everything that might go with it. And he's been very disappointed. He doesn't even come out to me. He just sends a, a messenger, maybe a little note or something. Surely Abana and Parpar, the rivers of Damascus, are better than any water in Israel. Could, not, could I not bathe in them and become clean? And he turned around and went off in a rage. So not only was he disappointed, he was mad. He'd come all this journey. He brought all this uh, treasure with him expecting something very wonderful and he just told to go and bathe a number of times in the river no? and so he begins to analyze the request that's made of him i could have done this where they came from we have greater rivers there so he looks at the command from a human perspective human point of view and of course comes up with the wrong answer he's not willing to do what he was asked to do the message in this passage is about the little duties of each moment. The little things that we're asked to do, not the big things. Sometimes we pay attention to big things. Or we think that I'm called to do big things, great things. Or maybe God is asking of us of just little things. And so you have the contrast in this passage of the the great Naaman, very important, looked upon by his king, very successful. And you have the little girl. The little girl holds the key. To the, she has the solution to the, to the big problem, the skin disease. The big guy is paying attention to all the big things, but she's paying attention to the little things. We have to ask our Lord that every day of our life we might pay attention to those small things. There are milligrams of gold in the little duties of each day. There is something divine hidden in the most ordinary human reality. God wants us to gather those little milligrams of gold to build grams of kilograms. I heard somebody say once that architecture begins when you put one brick on top of another. Each brick is important. When we look at the bricks in the wall, we see how important each brick is. If one of them wasn't there, the whole wall might fall. And the bricks at the bottom of the wall are perhaps even more important because they support all the others. And so architecture begins when you place one brick on top of another. And so every little action that we do, every little duty that we carry out, 
our to-do list, our job description, what is my area of responsibility, what are the specific things I'm supposed to do, turn on this switch, turn off that switch, take care of this corridor, do this other thing, lay this table, press this button, all these jobs that are there in front of us for every day, that's what God is, is wishing for from us. We can all be nama, indignant. Why haven't I been given great important tasks? Or maybe the solution is in the small thing. The gold is there. We just have to see it. And try and realize the importance of those things. And so little duties of our spirit, little duties of our work, little duties of our apostolate, these make up our very substance. This is the way forward. We do great things by taking care of the small things. But we're told his servants approached him and said, Father, if a prophet had asked you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? So now we have the contrast again. Naaman in his rage with all the big things gets the whole message wrong. And it takes a servant some less important person, small person to come along with the answer, the, the wisdom, the prudence, the key. And this time he addresses him, Father. It's more personal, more intimate, speaking to the heart. Sometimes we might think that, well, I've been cut out for the difficult things. I want to be given difficult tasks. And the gold is in the the ordinary little things. We might think that to achieve sanctity or to do my apostles, I have to climb Kilimanjaro or Mount Kenya or do something dramatic or big. But the little things are within reach every day. Those are the things that God is asking of us. And all the more reason, when he says to obey, then you will become clean. All the more reason. He hasn't asked you to do something very big or very difficult or that takes a lot of time. He's just asked you to do a simple thing. We have to look and see what are the simple things that I'm being asked to do every day and try and do them with more love and more care and more presence of God and more perfection. When St. Maria was passing people who were doing a painting job in a room someplace, he would say, Cada pincelada un acto de amor. Each stroke of the brush, an act of love. So if we take care of the small things, the big things will take care of themselves. We take care of the minutes, the hours will take care of themselves. A good thing to talk about in the chart of spiritual direction is our use of time. How am I using my time to take care of little things? to gather those little milligrams of gold, to do this little job, that other little thing. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan. So finally, he has the humility to listen to what he's being told. And he's being told this by a much less important person than himself. But he sees the wisdom of and the prudence, and the value, and the common sense. And so it must have taken a bit of 
humility to calm down from his rage and to see this thing in a different light. He was looking, you could say, for all the external things, that he might come out and be very dramatic and, and cure me in a very uh, dramatic way. But this little person points out that, well, look, it's just a simple thing you have to do. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan as Elisha had told him to do. And the flesh became clean once more like the flesh of a little child. We don't convert society by doing all sorts of big things. We convert society by taking care of the little things of every day, fulfilling our norms, doing what we're asked to do, growing in our professional work. And then the great things happen. When turning to Elisha with his whole escort, he went in and presenting himself, he said, now I know that there is no God anywhere on earth except in Israel. Now please accept a present from your servant. And so he was very grateful. But Elisha replied, as Yahweh lives whom I serve, I will accept nothing. Naaman pressed him to accept, but he refused. Then Naaman said, since your answer is no, Allow your servant to be given as much earth as two mules may carry, as your servant may no longer make burnt offerings or sacrifice to any god except Yahweh. And so he was extremely grateful for this small thing. Very often great messages are in small things. We're going to find on Holy Thursday, our Lord is going to get up from dinner and wash the feet of the apostles. Small little gesture, but yet one that contains a great message. Sometimes advertisers say that the message is in the medium. The message is in the medium. The message of uh, toothpaste is in the glossy white uh, tube that uh, contains it. No? So you get an, uh, an undercover message or a subliminal message that this is how white and glossy your teeth are going to look if you brush your teeth with this particular toothpaste. No? The messages in the medium that we use to get it across. The message of to go in the conference center is not necessarily in all the wonderful talks or meditations or classes that may take place there. It may be on the floral arrangement on the hall table. The physical material things that people can see. The message of this house may not be so much in the classes or the talks or the other means of formation, but it might be more on the, the shine on the tiles on the, on the stairway. It's what people see. We walk the talk. This is what it's all about. The message is in the medium. The material things speak to us. It shows us that this message is authentic. This is what it's all about. And so small things become very important. The little fulfillment of our duty may be the message that some soul is waiting for, that I've taken care of this small thing. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man has found and covered up, and in his joy he goes and sells all and buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. 
And finding one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Every day God places before us little pearls, pearls that he wants us to gather during the course of our day. Little things that are expressions of our spirit that other people see. And so see, they see the authenticity of what we're talking about. Our spirit doesn't involve looking for unusual things. But in those little duties of each day that are very much within our reach. Humility according to our spirit is to take care of those little duties. You could say that Naaman, well, he, he learned that lesson a little bit. All I have to do is just take care of this little thing that I've been asked to do, go and bathe seven times in the Jordan. It didn't require a huge effort. And so the extraordinary thing is that we seek the ordinary carried out with perfection, with love of God. And the care that we take of those little duties is the measure of our love. It's where we put love into practice. And we don't know how God is going to use that little thing to light fires in people's hearts. There was a lady once who came to a get-together with Don Javier in Singapore and on the chair in the place where we had to get together there was a sort of a newsletter and so while waiting for the get together to start she began to flick through the newsletter and she came across a picture of our father she had read the way and some of his other books and she told me you know I don't like your father I don't like your father <clears throat> too harsh too difficult you know? in the way uh, chapters on pens mortification this is not me this is not my cup of tea you know? So then she was flicking through this newsletter and she came across a picture of our father. She'd never seen a photograph of him before. And was very struck by the warm, beautiful smile on our father's face. And thought what a wonderful, warm smile. And for somebody to have such a warm smile like that, they must have a very warm heart. And then they thought, well, maybe I was wrong about your father, your founder. Maybe I should go back and have another look. And so she went back to the way and she found other chapters on spiritual childhood, life of childhood, cheerfulness. She said, oh, I got a completely different opinion of your founder. And now she fell in love with our founder through that photograph, through that smile. We don't know how God is going to use all sorts of little things to change hearts, to transmit our message. Our Lady told the servants <coughs> in King of Galilee to fill the jars to the brim. She didn't say half fill them, but fill them to the brim. Often our Lord wants to do things to the brim. Fill every day, fill this little duty to the brim as much as you can. That can involve having a lot of generosity to finish things down to the last details and often that means to double check <clears throat> sometimes we can do our work or fulfill our duty and then well i've done it and we walk off but it's a very good thing to double check often the perfection isn't double checking when you lay a table 
before you leave the room, well, just look back at the table. You might find, oh, I forgot something there. Are the little things, that double checking is very important. Often the sanctity is there, the virtue, the love, the care. That way we place the last stones. We take pride in our work. And this business of the little duty of each moment can involve very simple things, putting things back in their place. Now returning a book, or returning something we've borrowed. All this is a very good example. And good example attracts. And the Lord wants all of us to give good example. And in fulfilling those details of our spirit, well, that's where God's grace will help us to a maximum degree. That's why he's called us. <clears throat> to live this particular spirit in this particular way. Sometimes St. Josemarie would ask people <clears throat> that he met along the corridor in Capienzas, what are you thinking about? Where is your mind? Where is your heart? Where well, mind might be far away, we might be dreaming of winning a Hollywood Oscar or something. Huh? God wants us, our mind to be on the things we have in front of us. This ordinary little duty, this is there for us to do. And that little thing may involve turning off a light or switching off a tap, saving electricity, closing a door well. St. Rosa Maria went to <coughs> a lot of trouble to teach people how to do these little things well, to close a door properly, not to allow it to bind. And so perfection is in the details. It's one of the ways we don't trust ourselves. We make sure or ask a second opinion. Little details of obedience. Little things in our care and charity of other people, which can mean the world to people. A little greeting, a little happy birthday, a little message here or there, I'm thinking of you in my mind, little things in our apostolate. Often our friendship with people <clears throat> and the quality and depth of our friendship is made up of little things, details, details of communication, details of being on time. We transmit a message with that. The message is in the medium. My friendship is serious. I want the best for you in your life. I'm thinking about you. And so we try to remember names, if we can, or names of the children of people, or their brothers and sisters, or all those sort of little details that maybe other people don't remember. Or in fraternity, to try to remember what people like to talk about, or to see when they're tired, or how we can help them in some way. Little things and saying little aspirations, or spirit of prayer throughout the day often expressed in those little phrases that lead us to be united to God, the humble and contrite heart, O Lord, you will not spurn. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. And all the material standards of our home that we try to foster, take care of, to promote, 
police have enormous apostolic impacts because the other people see the fruit of our work. They learn how to do things. They bring up the human standards all the time. Our professional work might be made up of, well, thousands of little details. And each one of them is an opportunity to offer this little thing to God, to be united to him. A Harvard architect said a good building is that in which details are taken care of. And all our homes and centres, well, often that's what people notice. After 50 years, this building is in very good shape. We've obviously taken very good care of it. God is in the details. The greatest messages of one of the longest pontificates in the world, that of Pope John Paul II, were often in small phrases, the culture of life, the civilization of love. The family is a school of deeper humanity. The family is the sanctuary of life. And so please, saying please and thank you in our normal course of events, interactions with people can be very important. Everybody loves to hear those words, thank you, appreciation. But please, it smoothens out social relations, helps to absorb the little frictions of each day, or being on time, or communicating things, or acknowledging some little favor that people may have done for us. goes a long way. I heard of Don Alvaro once on one of his trips, and he was going out one day somewhere, and he forgot to bring his glass case. So somebody offered him the case for their glasses so that he could keep his glasses in it. Don Alvaro thanked them. But then about five more times that day, Don Alvaro said, thank you for lending me your glass case. He really went over above and beyond that detail of thanking the person. Great refinement there. Our centres are meant to be schools of personal formation. There's a Christian materialism that is mentioned. There is something divine hidden in the most ordinary human things. And so therefore, those, all those material things have to work. They have to be in good working condition. It's one of the reasons why we have little repair notes in our centers. So we get the help of so many people to help everything to work properly. It makes a big difference. I was in a building once, well, in the last two weeks, not a center of Opus Day, but somebody was very involved there and you could see our spirit reflected in the material details. The thing was finished very well. Obviously somebody had gone to a lot of trouble to take care of those details, very noticeable. Somebody described professionalism once as producing our best work, irrespective of how we may be feeling. So the quality of our work doesn't or can't just depend on how I'm feeling today or this hour or my chemistry or my hormones or the weather or whether it's raining or, or sunny. We try to do our best work, our best job, irrespective of how we're feeling. We conquer our feelings. We put our heart into things. <clears throat> that also involves a certain urgency in the little duties that we have in front of us, so the little jobs. It means we try to fix things as soon as possible. We buy that new thing, or we 
write a note about us or follow it up. Get the job done. Often the perfection is getting the thing done, finishing it, putting the full stop, saying this is finished, out of the way. And certain tasks may be more important than others. That's why we have to have a to-do list. Our little duties can involve a certain order. We don't just do the duty that we feel like best. It might be number 10 in priority. Sometimes it takes fortitude to tackle the most urgent thing because it might be the thing we feel least like doing, but that's the most urgent, the most important. And the particular thing that we're asked to do, well, in principle, that's the most important. That takes priority over everything in this particular moment. In carrying out those little duties, we, we champion the cause of material improvement. Because over time, material things tend to deteriorate. But by fulfilling this thing now, fixing this thing now, or noticing we help things to be in their best shape, to reflect our spirit. It's a silent witness of material things. But that silent witness is there because we have taken care of the small things. And sometimes those small things can have an enormous impact. I've seen a, a gathering of three or four people in the living room starting a pro-life group that went on to change the constitution changed the whole nation. Often the important thing is just making a beginning, making a start, getting the ball rolling. Make an effort, said St. Josemarie and the Forge, to respond at each moment to what God is asking of you. Have the will to love him with deeds. They may be little deeds, but do not leave any out. What is God asking of me in this particular moment? He says in the forge, you must instill in all souls the heroism of doing the little things of each day perfectly, as if the salvation of the world depended on each one of those actions. The heroism of doing the little things of each day perfectly. This is the, the heroism that God asks of us, and the heroism that he wants us to transmit to every child in the school, to every mother, to every father, to every family. Surely all those consolations were told in the forge I received from the master are given me so that I may think of him all the time and serve him in little things, so as to be able to serve him in great things. A resolution to please my good Jesus in the tiniest details of my daily life could be in making a bed, or tidying our room, or leaving a bathroom well, or putting things away in their place. Those little duties of each moment is where God is waiting for us. You need to think about your life calmly, he says, and without scruples, to ask for forgiveness, and to make a firm, definite, and determined resolution to improve in one point and another, to improve in that particular small detail which you find hard, and in that other one, which is a rule you do not carry out as you should, even though you well know you ought to be doing it. Little things in our interior struggle, our particular fight, our resolution for today, our resolution from the examination of conscience, so that every day I try to be better, and I come back and I start again. Many great journeys begin with the, the first step, we're told. 
Our Lady, at King of Galilee, she noticed that the wine was lacking. She must have been very attentive to little things. There were probably many other things being spoken about, news being discussed, people catching up with one another. But out of the corner of her eye, Our Lady was watching all the little things involved in the feast. Those background things that maybe the the, the giver of the feast had to be concerned about. Our Lady was there with her friend. And that unity of friendship. And precisely unity of friendship to do something about that little thing that could become a big thing. She asked her son to work a miracle. Something she will never do for the rest of her life. And she didn't do it for herself. She did it for her friend. Mary, may you help us to grow in our love of those little things, particularly in our apostolate, where there may be many great fruits dependent on those small things. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, and receive for me.